It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Howdy! Howdy! Minnie Pearl. I stayed at a hotel in Nashville last week. It had a giant, I bet this thing was like 15 feet by 20 feet, giant shag rug hanging on the wall behind the front desk of this hotel in Nashville, and the rug was designed and, and looked just like Minnie Pearl. Sure did. The same, one and the same. Sure did. Good old Minnie. Welcome in. Hour number two of the show off and running with you here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Say it with me. Go! With the home team, they are... Your home team. Staying connected to you because of Seaspire, the number one network in Mississippi, Seaspire. Customer inspired. I'm Matt. Bill is here. Special guest in the studio, the homecoming queen. How you doing? Hey. <laughs> Take a bow. How, how are y'all? Is the mic on? Yeah. We, hey, Bill. He, we hear you. Can you hear us? I can hear you. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah, I'm here. You sounded like that comedian. Is this thing on? Is this thing on? Um, yeah. Uh, so, did I did I describe the big mini pearl thing on the wall? Yeah, it's good. We were at the Graduate in Nashville. Yeah, it was a neat place. Neat place. Lots of country music, stars mm-hmm. throughout the whole hotel. A lot yeah. of yeah. Dolly part and stuff. So Mary Liddy was excited. Yeah. So th- those that don't know, we went in the hotel room there, and there were two beds and. And over one bed is this big thing, this big drape thing over a mural. It's, it's a can, like a canopy, canopy thing yeah. over this picture on the wall of Patsy Cline. And in the other, on the other bed, you look at the other bed, and over it Ooh, is this big thing over it with lights and this big. What'd you call it? A canopy. A canopy with a picture on the wall of. Uh, I don't know her name. Shoot, I forgot. J- a- Amy J- Lou Harris. Emily Harris. Amy yeah, Lou Harris. Emily Harris. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the mirror had guitars. It, it's a really frilly, kind of kind of girly, Matt. Yeah. The room was kind of girly, a lot you, of pink. Whole, this was a girly vacation. Yeah, this is what yeah. this whole thing was. Well, well. Um, but I'm, I was willing to go along with it. I had a good time. Country Music Hall of Fame, Grand Ole Opry. That's not girly. No, you're right. It's That's not. Fun. It, it was fun. Yeah. It was a girly hotel, but it was yeah, fun. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> and ran into some other people uh, from Mississippi. A there. lot of Mississippi people were there. Yeah, so that was good. Hey, so I had this story, Annie, uh, speaking of Mississippi people. Okay. All right, ready for this? Mm-hmm. David Cutcliffe, mm-hmm. former Ole Miss head coach, has been hired by the Southeastern Conference as a special assistant to Commissioner Greg Sankey. Uh, the league made, uh, made that what? announcement today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that mean they're going to bump him up and let him be the commissioner one day? Well, I don't think so. I don't think he's in line for that. Special assistant? Yeah, special assistant to the SEC commissioner. Um, and, and one of the tweets that I saw um, mentioned that he is, well, here it is. Uh, this is from Brett McMurphy, and he said, Cutcliffe, SEC's now the, the SEC's special assistant commissioner for football relations. Hmm. He's going to provide guidance to the SEC for the purpose of enhancing quality of football competition, such as game management, communications, playing rules, and national policies. And the thing about it is, it's a really important job kind of being the czar of football for the SEC because the SEC is the heaviest player on the national stage. Right. 
Well, some of that um, detail information that you told me he'd be doing kind of went over my head. Okay, well. I'm just going to be taking your word for it. I'm going to be taking your word for it. Not real sure what any of that means. It was kind of fluffy. (laughs) Well, let's look at it this way. Okay. Rules. All right. First of all, it says purpose of enhancing quality of football competition. Just time out. Who has the job currently? Was this a new job created or is he taken over for somebody else? I I think it's a new job. Huh. So they created this for him. Yeah, because he retired at Duke. Right. Right. And who took his job at Duke? I don't know who Duke hired. I don't know, but it's a hard place to coach and win. And the thing is, Coach Cutcliffe did a phenomenal job at Duke. Now, they weren't good the last couple of years, but they had a stretch there. After he first got the job for six, seven years in a row, where they were eight wins and they were playing in bowl games and turning out ball players. And here's the thing about it you look at it this way, too. He's an unbelievable quarterbacks coach. Now, he was the QB coach, offensive coordinator at Tennessee when Peyton Manning came in. So he obviously coached him and helped him develop and get some of the credit for developing Peyton Manning into the number one overall pick. But then the two schools where Cutcliffe has been a head coach, Ole Miss and Duke, yeah, have a combined three quarterbacks who've been drafted in the first round. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Ever. Pretty impressive. And he coached two of them. Yeah. You know, of course, Ole Miss had Archie Manning was drafted in the first round. But Eli Manning, the, the only other quarterback that Ole Miss to this point, now Matt Corral could be the next, but to this point, the only other quarterback that Ole Miss has had going to first round is Eli Manning. Well, David Cutcliffe coached him. At Duke, they've only had one quarterback drafted in the first round out of Duke ever, and it was Daniel Jones who played for David Cutcliffe. And let's be honest, I'm sure he played a huge role in Eli even going to Ole Miss. Bingo. I mean, I know we, in all, fact, we all know that. Well, in fact, Danny, this guy coming up, um, uh, the the next Manning, Arch Manning, who is I think Cooper's. Yeah. I think he's Cooper's. Is he son? going to Georgia? Oh, I don't know. Anybody knows where he's going? Where's but he going? okay. But but uh, obviously it's not happening. But a lot of the rumor or the thought is that it, David Cutcliffe, you know, he just stepped away from Duke, and that some of these schools, whether it's Ole Miss or Texas, that are recruiting Arch Manning. <laughs> We're definitely going to find some way to hire David Cutcliffe to, to help their chances of getting the kid. That's hilarious. You know? <laughs> That's hilarious. And it, honestly, it seemed like you would – a lot of people thought that Ole Miss might have a shoe in because Coach Cutcliffe's son, Chris Cutcliffe, is the head coach at oh, Oxford yeah. High School. Oh, yeah. And is a – So will he you, have he's to – He's a heck of a young coach, So will too. he have to – where will he have to live for this job? Well, I'm sure he'd live in Birmingham. Birmingham. Either that or – no, I guess he could live anywhere. He could live in Oxford. He could live anywhere he wanted to. Be with he? his grandkids. I'm sure they have grandkids. Yeah. He could well, that's an he interesting hire. But I it like, is. I like that. I, I like, like it a lot. I like David Cutcliffe. I, I felt like he, I was sad that he, you know, kind of got cut from Ole Miss a little bit yeah. abruptly. Well, and here's the thing. Cutcliffe, he's 67 years old. There was a time in my life I would go, 67, boy, that's old. Yeah, that's young. Uh, not anymore. Mm-mm. It's not old. And the thing is, I'm like you, Annie. I, I have a lot of respect for Coach Cutcliffe. I just like him. Um, I just I just like the guy. Um, it's easy to see how he's had a positive effect on a lot of quarterbacks, I think, when you're around him. Um, he was just, you know, he's one of these guys he didn't have to be. He was always nice to me on a personal level. Um, when he was the coach at Ole Miss, I was working in local television. We did, you know, a lot of work over there covering the team and stuff and, just a good guy. He's just a good guy. He was always personal 
personable with me. After all that, you know, there was a stretch there in the um, the late 2000s, so maybe around 08, 09, somewhere in that time frame, maybe a little bit before that, 6, 7. But it, regardless, he went back to Tennessee before he went to Duke to be the head coach, and he went back to Tennessee and was coaching their quarterbacks there for a short stint. And while he was there, I was out of the media stuff. I was working at a local junior college and was helping, doing a lot of things, but got to help the football team and some of their practices. And they had a quarterback that came in as a transfer, and I was working with him some one-on-one stuff. And I just up and called Coach Cut and thought he might remember me from when we covered his team at Ole Miss. I just up and called him at Tennessee and left a message on his office. He called you back? He called me back. And yeah. He, I, I just said, my question was something like, hey, look, I, I've never coached. I've been coached, but I've never coached anybody. And I just, if you were doing this, like, drills, what kind of, what would you do with him? And his advice for me was really simple, you know. He That's said, really well, good. Yeah, nice he's guy. A, nice guy. You don't even have to gonna, do that. Maybe he's going to recruit uh, Matt Luke to come to the SEC office. Luke's free, isn't he? He's free. Isn't well, he? And, or did and he Matt Luke coached. Matt Luke coached yeah. for him at Duke. at Duke before he came to Ole Miss. Yeah, no, they're, they're tight. Well, that's a neat thing, though. I think it's good for the conference. Kind of have this old veteran coach who's going to see everything from an inside football perspective. Are there a lot of former coaches from the SEC that are on staff with the SEC people? Not that I know of. So that's good. Um, Maybe that needs to be a trend. If I Get some people well, in there. Yeah, like, why wouldn't you? If you're the commissioner of the SEC... Pull in the people that know it the best. Yes. I mean, have one have one for baseball. Now, it may be a little different. Like, right now, the athletics director at South Carolina is Ray Tanner, former baseball coach, won two national titles recently as the coach. You got Cohen at State. So he may not need a baseball czar, you know, but why not have one for football? I just think it's a really good idea. Okay, so... It's a good story. Let's see. I was looking at his... See if there were any other notes here um, in this story from the Tennessean that mentioned uh, other coaches, but I don't see that. I mean, there's nothing else like that. So I think it's a good thing. So I, I hear that you're really hoping somebody will ask you to throw out the first pitch. Oh, I really do. Yeah, look. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's just do a shameless request here on your own radio show. I want to. Th- I've never been asked to throw out the first. Uh, but actually, hey, I'd like I to throw my. Back. I'd like to throw my name in the hat. If anybody hears this, <laughs> y'all give me a call. I take it back. There was. I want to say it was a. It was a few years ago. I got an invitation to do that at a Mississippi Braves game, and I. Yeah. I was not able to do it. That's right. I we were gone really, or something. Yes. And I couldn't do it. But so hey, you were asked. Yeah, you are out. Can't believe I missed that. I bad want to. And there's no reason. Like I don't give a lot of money to the school. Let's just put it out there. I let's be honest. Please ask Matt to throw (laughs) the baseball, even if it's at practice. Hey, Coach Cohen, just let him throw it at practice. And and Leah Beasley, y'all listen up. If anything falls through on the first pitch stuff, (laughs) I'm available. Hook it up with a pee wee league or something, you know. And Bill, not everybody knows this, but he could stick around and sing the national anthem because he sings. Yeah. So hey, he's a two-in-one shot. So no, y'all just hey. give him a call. Well, just because you can sing doesn't mean you should. Well, you could. But let me say this: you could do. You could just knock out both. They would just have to make one call. You're. That's how we're going to market one you. Call, one call. Throwing out the first pitch. Here's. I just want to do it, and I want to say to anyone listening that might now be considering it. 
I don't do anything halfway. I'm totally fine if I tear my rotator cuff well, in I, half. I think it's already torn. Well, it is. So you might as well just go on out there. <laughs> I went, we'll hey, schedule Bill, your surgery for after your I, first pitch. I went to an orthopedic guy here last year. Um, within the last years, friend of ours, because I was having problems in two areas, left knee and left arm or something like that, and right elbow. That's what it was, three areas. Left <laughs> left knee, left arm, left shoulder, Falling apart. and right elbow. Falling apart. Okay, and he's checking all these things out. Well, during the process of checking all these out, he decided none of them were serious. But he goes, wait a minute. He said, do that again. <laughs> he was putting me through some exercise, and so I did it. He said, do you have an issue with your right shoulder, your throwing shoulder? I said, yes, I do, but it's fine. It doesn't hurt. And he did two or three more exercises. And he told me, man, you've got a problem in there. Do you want us to look, maybe take a look at taking care of that? In other words, I came in there to see him about three things. It turns out I got something else that's a whole lot worse off than the other three things. And what do you think Matt's answer was? No. 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 I'm good. You crazy? I, I, I threw Where do I sign to sign out? I threw <laughs> <laughs> I'm going home. I, I threw, coming here to see I threw you the ball through that injury. I just, I just lived with it here. I did. And it, it was a great regret. Now, I don't want to go down this path, but I will say it. Should have told somebody it hurt, Matt. I really messed it up bad early in my career at State, and I kept it a secret because I was afraid if I missed practice, I would lose my job. Turns out I still went to practice, and I still lost my job. But. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> but. Hey, at least at least if you'd come out with the injury, that would have been a good, hey, yeah, well, I'm hurt. Mm -hmm. So I can't play. Well, hurt. I got to have surgery. I mean, it hurt. That shoulder, I had days with. We leave practice. Oh, it hurts so bad. Oh, I'm pretty but, sure our friend here, the orthopedic guy, was like, "Hey, yeah, this is not good." He's like, "This ain't normal, Matt." Like he does this test where you turn your arms over, like you're pouring out a can or whatever, and he puts pressure on them and says, "Okay, now lift your arms up." And my left arm just goes straight up like normal. This right one won't even go like oh. barely halfway. <laughs> he's like, "You." He's a. Uh, yeah. Well. Well, anyway, moving on, moving on. That's moving on. the throwing arm. But I'm telling y'all, well, maybe they could let you step up a few steps no, to throw the pitch. Absolutely not. I'm getting on the mound mm. and I'm taking it serious and I will throw it as hard as my body will allow. I don't care what injuries come from. That's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And some of these people go out here for first pitch and it's like they're afraid the guy can't catch it. Look, he's a scholarship athlete back there. He can do it. He can catch it. Turn it loose. I might hit the bull, as in, like in Bull Durham. Bull Durham, yeah. Or just a or bit outside. Like Dr. Fauci. I may have to mm. tell those guys mm. that are out there for this ceremony, hey, hey, y'all might want to get in the dugout. <laughs> but, get behind the screen. <laughs> but I'm turning it loose. Matt, if this happens, we, we will just make a really big deal about it. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll practice like a month ahead yeah, of time. Uh, yeah, I can't No, we wait. will. We will because it hasn't even happened, and we're still making a big deal it's out a, of it. It's a goal. So well, I, I do want to do it. And here's the thing. Um, it's totally selfish. I can't Im I don't know what. What is it, YOLO? You only live once, well, Matt. Let's try to get this on the bucket, what would they say about bucket list. Here to throw out the first pitch is Matt, who's done what? Nothing. Who? Um, <laughs> Nothing. Does, does some color commentary for our football team. Yeah, I mean, we don't know why he's out there. And he, this is his dream. Here he is. Yeah. Field of dreams. <laughs> That's it. The, and, and it really is true. It's in my personality, and it's 
bad and good. It's good and it's sometimes it's really bad, but I can't there is everything has a line drawn and there's no middle ground. And you're either in or you're out. Okay. And if you're out, you're a hundred percent out. And if you're in, you're a hundred percent in. That's the way I've always approached everything. And yeah. And yeah. I will tell you that anything I've ever been in, when I got to a point that all of a sudden I was not a hundred percent in, I got out. Golf, fishing, <laughs> metal detecting. I will go a hundred percent in. But at some point, if that wears off, I'm out. The real unnamed texter texted the show and said, quote, where do I sign out? I'm out. <laughs> he that's, said that made that, him laugh. That's that what is, I told Brian. I that said, is your favorite? Where's yeah. the sign out? Yeah, let me get out of here. <laughs> Thanks for seeing me, but uh, I'm going to mm -hmm. go. That's kind of your whole mantra if it's a doctor situation right. yeah let me uh thanks let me go yeah brian says did you play high school baseball i did played at prattville high school in alabama we had a really good team my senior year uh deep and, in the playoffs played for a state championship and you thought about playing baseball in college yeah had some uh opportunities to play in college um but uh, nothing like playing sec football glad i did it i'm glad i did it but i always missed it i always miss baseball but i will tell you i've said this before N baseball was always my favorite sport growing up and it's just i was good at football i did fall in love with football and i was better at it. I had more you know i guess success and then got recruited and all that kind of stuff but i've always and even in college i was a baseball fan i'd go to our baseball games you know i sort of i held the guys like brad freeman and adam pyatt and eric dubose even though i was i'm on a football team they're on the baseball team i sort of held them in very high esteem <laughs> even in college, you know, I look up to baseball guys and, um, and not playing baseball beyond high school has allowed me to still be a fan. Yeah. You love it. Yeah. You know, I, I see football through a different lens. I'm kind of glad I don't see baseball through that same lens. To be honest with you. I, I still feel like I have a lot of little boy in me when it comes to baseball, because I still see it the way I did when I was a little kid pulling for Dale Murphy and Bob Horner and the Braves. And frankly, I like that. Yeah, Brian, I pitched and uh, played on the corners of the infield, played some third and first and all that stuff. Back in the day. Uh, back in the way day. Way back in the day. Way, before way he, back in the day. Before he injured his rotator cuff. Yeah, in college. Among other things. Yeah. Yeah, you know, whatever. Who cares? Nobody cares about those past injuries. Everybody's got injuries. It's fine. Well, here's my thing, though, Annie. I don't like to bring it up and talk about the past injury thing too much because over the course of my life, I've always had, a, I've, I've run into a lot of people that have told me stuff like this. They'll go, yeah, I, I had a chance to play some college football, but I messed my knee up senior year of high school. <laughs> had to just go into the army, you know, and different things like that, or had to go to work on the farm. And I'm all, and I always sort of internally, I kind of roll my eyes, thinking, yeah, you know, that's about the one thousandth so, time I've heard somebody that had a scholarship but then got hurt and they didn't so, get to go. And so like, you think there's a collective of rolling, a collective group of rolling yeah. eyes right now listening to the show? That's it. That's it. They people that watched me, people that watched me play in college and throw an interception right now, are rolling their eyes, going, "Well, we this guy known. is on the radio blaming it on an injury <laughs> still." You know, I mean, I just don't, don't want to. I don't think you're blaming it, Matt. <laughs> hey, you're not blaming it. 
I don't, Annie, I don't know if you can see this monitor. You're just mentioning it. <laughs> Bi- you may you can see that. Bill just texted me a picture of himself back in the day. All nice, right, so Bill, Bill when nice. is this? Is this your baseball team? It, well, you look up on the scoreboard right. to see what year it is. Okay, 1968. Throw, wow. Throwback. Playing, playing Pony League. Throwback what? Thursday. There's no way I'm going to be able to figure out which one okay. of these is you. Third, third from the left on top. <laughs> Zoom in on it, you'll see. You ah, yeah, there it you are, definitely Bill. looks like you. What does the pony league mean? Your your head is right up under the number one in 1968, right? <laughs> yep, it sure is. Yep. That's you. Yeah. Look a there. That's me. Pony league means just yeah. Pony league. We had the pony, we had of course little league, and then we had little pony league, league and, we had, and then you went to colt league. Oh, oh, you moved and then up. Then you went. Then you played in high school. Okay, and That's this was great. in this was in California. Yeah, this is California. This is Chula Vista, California. Chula South Vista, Bay. California. Really cool. South Bay Pony League. South Bay Pony That's really cool. Or Pony South. You know, when I think of Little League Baseball in California in the 1960s, you know what I picture in my head? That movie, The Bad News Bears. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they filmed <laughs> well, this, it in California, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, this this team right here was, we didn't have a sponsor. You know, we always have a sponsor. Uh-huh. Until uh, one of our state legislators decided to sponsor our team. His name was Vandetta. So they named us the Vandetta. <laughs> the oh, Vandetta. my gosh. His last name was Vandetta. That's good. And That's so hilarious. If you look at the uniforms on the front, it says Vandetta. Because <laughs> we, we were late getting the sponsor. That's a good political move there. There you go. Yeah, good marketing. Yeah. 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 That was the year I was, uh, we all we went to the World Series that year. And wow. Our, 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 our Pony League did. I was an alternate to the team. Okay. But, uh, but they won the uh, Pony League World Series that year in Illinois. Very that's cool a, picture. Springfield. A, Springfield, Illinois. That's a great story. <laughs> Very cool picture. All right. We got guests in the studio. Who knows where it goes next? I've got to talk about Matt Corral's Pro Day. I'll tell you how that went pretty pretty well, by all accounts. Give you the details coming up next. Stick around. It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Talking more great sports for you, Mississippi. Online transmission is ready, sir. Hi, and let's go. Back with you in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Y'all can text or call. Text me on the Country Please and text line. Country Please and Sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast. It is the best sausage, hands down, in my opinion. And Check you, it out. And you eat it for every meal. Had it for lunch just a little bit ago, didn't I? I think you had it for breakfast. Had it some for breakfast. <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> I, I took a package of that jalapeno and cheddar out of the freezer yesterday, put it in the fridge overnight, and it thawed out. So I ate some this morning, ate a little more for lunch. Oh, and last night, Annie, Yeah. Uh, after tennis practice, Mary Lydia and I, you know, we went into Brooks Grocery here in Tupelo. They have it there. They have it. Yeah. And I was just about to tell her, come over here. Let's walk over this way. And I was going to grab some. And uh, she said, wait, 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 wait. I want to look right here. And we started looking through the deli section at something that she wanted. And that's when we found gluten-free cheesecake. Yeah, I was excited. They just don't have a crust on it. That's why it's gluten-free. It's great. Homecoming Queen is gluten-free. And because of that, doesn't have as many options for treats. On Treat Yourself Day. Which is a good thing, actually. <laughs> but I earned some serious points. Major points. We came home with three, you know, one to eat and then two backups. Yeah, backups. Of gluten-free cheesecake that they make there. Okay, earning points. You said you earned points. Yeah. I want to hear about Matt Corral. All right. Seems like he earned points with a lot of people. 
Yeah. Um, here is Matt Corral's Pro Day information according to ESPN. I saw a little bit of the video, but it was just a couple of throws that were um, pretty routine for him. It'd be hard for some people, but pretty routine for him. Here we go. ESPN.com, Oxford, Mississippi. Mississippi quarterback Matt Corral showed off his right arm and his apparently healthy right ankle for NFL teams. It's really important, by the way, side note, because he uh, hurt it in the bowl game, had to miss doing all that stuff at the combine. Corral threw for representatives of almost every NFL team at the Ole Miss Pro Day on Wednesday, yesterday, including at least four head coaches. Those four head coaches were... Steelers coach Mike Tomlin, Falcons coach Arthur Smith, Panthers coach Matt Rule, and Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy. Uh, Corral is projected as a potential first-round pick in the April draft. Um, they had 71 different NFL personnel there. Wow. The only team that did not have a representative there at Pro Day yesterday um, at Ole Miss was uh, the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams, the Super Bowl winners. Um, now, th- he was one of another 15, 16, or 17 or so upperclassmen and potential draft picks for Ole Miss. They had a bunch of veteran guys, old guys, senior guys uh, who are trying to head on to the NFL. This year. They had a huge group. You compare that to State had their pro day earlier in the week, and State had literally like five guys, including a kicker. And that was it, who participated in pro day. But, Annie, here you go. Okay, so he worked out for 30 minutes. Well, I'm sorry, a 30-minute throwing session. I clicked on a few videos. I mean, he he looks great. He looks like his ankle was fine. You Googling it on your phone over there? Yeah. 30-minute throwing session showcased his mobility and ability to throw from a variety of body positions and arm angles. He threw approximately 67 passes, of which only a handful were errant. Hmm. That's a nice (laughs) word. Okay. Isn't that weird? I mean, why would they? Well, I hope he does well. I, I wish him the best. I hope he. Yeah. What a great guy. Yeah, I'm pulling for him too. And, and you know, I like his style of play. He's tough. Okay. Um, other Ole Miss players participating in Pro Day included defensive end Sam Williams. Now, listen to me. Mm-hmm. That's the one that you kept telling me was so I'm, good. I'm telling y'all. You, you said it, and then he's now he's leaving. <laughs> Well, he's going to the NFL, and they're going to draft him very – you know, he's not projected to be first round, but let me tell you, he'll be off the board early. He'll be a second-round guy, and a lot of those 70-something NFL personnel guys who were at Ole Miss's Pro Day, even though this article wrote it as if they were all there to see Matt Corral. You think they were there to see him? I'm telling you, a bunch of them were there because they want to get a first-hand look at Sam Williams. They've watched his film. And he's good. Yes. Now, tailback Jerry Ely was a part of Pro Day yesterday, too. And I saw in the 40-yard dash times that he ran a 4-4. Now, they don't have a laser. I wouldn't – maybe they do. I I don't know that. Most of the time, the Pro Day stuff is more hand-timed, and it'll take averages and all that. Hand-timed means the the coaches or somebody timing is down at the finish line. They start the stopwatch with their thumb when he begins, and they stop it when he crosses the line. So it can vary a little more than the actual electronic stuff that – they use at the NFL Combine. But I thought he would be faster. Now, it's I almost feel guilty saying that because the guy ran low 4-4. That's really fast. 4.4 really seconds. I just figured he would definitely be one of those 4-3 type guys. It just shows you that maybe top end, he's he may not be Tyreek Hill, but in terms of shifty and stop-start and quick twitch and burst, 
Uh, Jerry Ely is elite in that regard. And they got some receivers who are NFL prospects too. Certainly, Dontario Drummond, he took part in it, and a lot of those teams, a lot of those people that are there are going to wind up drafting those guys. Um, so it's an exciting time for them, isn't it? I think it very much is. And certainly you think about Matt Corral because he got hurt in the bowl game mm. and then had to miss a lot of the workouts. He's at the combine, but he can't throw at the NFL combine. He has to wait on this. And so this is his first chance to really get going and do it. I wondered if he was going to sprint and run a 40-yard dash, and he didn't do it. And it just goes to show you how unimportant mm. that really is for quarterbacks. I mean, it's nice. It's wonderful. One guy's fast. Okay, great. You remember, Annie, when you were here and the guy called in and told me that I was absurd for oh, yeah. saying that yeah. oh, a quarterback's yeah. running ability is not as much? Yeah, that was quite a call in that day. That was, <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> he lit me up. This guy told me, it's, you are absurd, sir. You are absurd. <laughs> for thinking, for making the statement that Matt Corral's running ability was really, I mean, it's great, but it's really neither here nor there in terms of his evaluation, how they'll evaluate him for the NFL. Well, here we are. We just had Pro Day yesterday. Here's your update. So, uh, we just Mr. had Pro Day yesterday. Mr. Absurd. <laughs> He's finally healthy. He showed his mobility in the pocket, did all kinds of running, you know, throwing on the run. However, sir, I don't guess he even ran a 40-yard <laughs> dash. It shows you how important that is. It's not uh, for quarterbacks in the NFL. Or did he? Did he run a 40? I don't think he did. So there's your update. Anything else you want to know, Homecoming Queen? No, I'm glad you know he did well. <laughs> well, I wish I knew. Uh, let me just type in Matt Corral 40-yard dash, and let's just see what pops up. Fries the computer. Mm, yeah, <laughs> boom. Yeah, there. <laughs> boom. Uh, I don't see it there. Uh-huh. Draft buzz, no. Uh, five takeaways from pro, pro days. It happened 19 hours ago. Now it might have three some. hours ago. Corral did not run a 40 yard dash or participate in any shuttle drills. Mm. Well, I guess it means that why do that if you're just coming off the injury? You know, it, it probably is also, you know, if you're Corral, okay, and you haven't been healthy enough over the last month or two to, get ready for those particular things so that you'd have the best time possible, why would you then try to do it? And again, it's just not that important. Yet, yet we'll have him rolling out and dropping back and throwing on a run right, throwing on a run left, and doing all these drills. But, we, hey, you wanted to run a 40? Nah. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Matt, problem. that's what you would have said. No, I'm good. Where do I sign out? Yeah, where do I sign out? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, let me give you somebody else's evaluation. Here's a guy named Nick Shook for NFL.com that covered his pro day. And he says, Corral did not disappoint. Showed off his compact lightning quick release. He let it rip downfield a few times. Oh, excuse me. Really, Matt? He let it rip a few times downfield. Matt. (laughs) Bill, Bill, Matt is delirious on this Friday Eve today. It's Friday Eve, and it's like he checks out. They really do evaluate everything, don't they? Matt. Okay. Matt. Dropping a dime over the shoulder of his receiver, placing the back corner fade on the right shoulder of his target. Most importantly, Corral looked healthy. 
There, it says here, there weren't any visible signs of limitations caused by the high ankle sprain. That's good news. Um, familiar quarterback needy contingency showed up in Oxford. Uh, two guys from the Carolina Panthers, they need a quarterback. Two guys, including the head coach from the Steelers, they need a QB. Now, most of the mock drafts I've seen have them taking the quarterback, uh, Malik Willis, out of Liberty, but I just don't know about that. And then two guys, including the head coach from the Falcons, were there. Well, those, those, sound, those sound like great places for him to go. And he, you know, they give him about $75 million. They'll go anywhere. Yeah. You go to Timbuktu and play wherever they want to go. I'd walk there. Yeah. You, $75 uh, million. <laughs> I don't know what they give rookie quarterbacks. I wouldn't have the slightest idea. But, I mean, first-rounders, they're going to load up. Uh, the latest ESPN mock draft, I went over this yesterday, has Matt Corral being drafted with the last pick of the first round to the Detroit Tigers. Detroit. Detroit. Yep. Yep. Uh, did I say Tigers? I meant no, Lions. No, I didn't mean the Tiger. I got baseball yeah, on my brain. Cats, cats are all mixed up. Yeah, it's the Detroit Can't Lions. Can't you just stay in the South, maybe? <laughs> the, only thing, the good thing about Detroit, though, for a quarterback, they do play indoors. The bad thing is Detroit has never won anything, nor are they going to. Well, hey, the expectations will be low. <laughs> oh, that's true. He can blow it off. He can just really do great there. Yeah, play indoors. All right. Thanks for letting me stop by. You got to leave? Yeah. Okay. Bye, Bill. Bye-bye. All right. We'll be back and finish up without the homecoming queen, regretfully. Next, stick around. Are you ready? Brace yourself. Now back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Back with you on this Thursday. I'm Matt. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, C Spire. Customer inspired. Let's hope the Razorbacks are inspired. Well, I mean, you know, you may be one of these who you don't agree with this whole root for the SEC deal. You may be like, what good does it do my team to root for another SEC team? SEC, SEC, not for me. But Arkansas is the only team left uh, from the SEC playing in the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Tonight, they're taking on one seed, Gonzaga, and I love an upset. So, woo pig, Dad. Come on, all you Razorback fans. Let's stand up and call. Hey, this is for you, Hogs, Al. One more time. Let's go. Well, two more times. Um, you know, Eric Musselman is pretty doggone incredible what he's doing. I mean, it, it really is. Some of y'all may be sick of it. I like the Arkansas fight song. Y'all like it? Eric Musselman, if you're paying attention, you know, he coached in the NBA a little while. He was at Golden State for a few years and maybe one year at Sacramento. Then he goes into college basketball back in 2015 at Nevada. 
Okay, so he coached four years at Nevada before going to Arkansas. And you start looking it up. And man, has he been good. See, I told you, it's a, it's a good fight, son. Okay. Musselman at Nevada. His first year there, they won 24 games, went 24 and 14, and won that invitational tournament, the CBI tournament, uh, at the end of the year. The very next year, year two at Nevada, they went 28 and 7. He had them in the NCAA tournament, lost in the first round. Third year at Nevada, they go 29 and 8, went to the Sweet 16. Fourth year at Nevada, had them in the tournament again, went 29 and 5. Three straight years into the NCAA tournament, three straight years approaching 30 wins, but not quite, went 28, 29, and 29 at Nevada and lands. The Arkansas job. And, of course, you've probably followed it. His first year at Arkansas, they won 20 games but had the year canceled because of COVID. That was his first year. But won 20, okay? It went 20 and 12 in the regular season. His second year at Arkansas went 25 and 7. And is this right? They made it to the Elite Eight his second year? How did I miss that? Went 13-4 and four his second year at Arkansas in the SEC and went 25-7 and seven overall. And then last season, we're 27-8. and eight. I'm wrong. This year, 27-8, and eight, and they are in the tournament, in the Sweet 16 this year, and still playing. So, the guy has been a college head coach. This is his seventh year. And five of the seven years... Five of the seven years he's been a college head coach, he's had him in the NCAA tournament. Five of the seven years. <laughs> a sweet 16, a two sweet 16s at least, and at least one elite eight in the three of the five. It is incredible. I mean, it really is. I just, I mean, I didn't pay that close attention. Didn't realize it was that good. Really got to credit him. So anyhow, they're playing tonight, uh, 6 o'clock on, well, a little after 6 on CBS. Four-seed Arkansas, one-seed Gonzaga. Sweet 16 round out in the West region. Gonzaga's a prohibitive favorite. It's being played at Chase Center in San Francisco, California. Also tonight, 6.30 on TBS. 11-seed Michigan Wolverines and two-seed Villanova. I don't even know what Villanova's mascot is. Do you all know? I don't have the foggiest idea. Villanova what? Wildcats. There it is. Looked it up. Easy enough. Later tonight, 8.30, CBS, 3-seed Texas Tech, 2-seed Duke. Go Red Raiders. And tonight at 9 o'clock on TBS, late game, late tip, out in San Antonio, Texas, 5-seed Houston, 1-seed Arizona, and so that one's uh, that's your four games tonight in the NCAA men's basketball tournament. I think you ought to know before today's show is over that today is 
National Chocolate-Covered Raisin Day. Anybody out there like chocolate-covered raisins? <laughs> hey, Bill, I'll tell you what I like. I like those yogurt-covered raisins. You ever had those? Yes, sir, and like chocolate ones, too. Yeah, I'd go for the yogurt first. Last night at that grocery store, I got a box of what I thought was chocolate uh, was yogurt covered raisins. I thought it was yogurt covered. It's yogurt covered peanuts. Those are good too. Yeah, got the. Just thought I'd pass them along. You got to make a mistake. That's a good one. That's it. Yeah, it's not raisins. It's a peanut. That's still yogurt covered. <laughs> chocolate covered raisin day. I, I've had a lot of chocolate covered peanuts. I don't know that I've ever eaten chocolate covered raisins on purpose. Um. You may already know this. I guess a day old or whatever. Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet are going to call NFL Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime. Maybe that'll go over well. Maybe it will. I have a lot of respect and have a very high opinion of Al Michaels. You know, you hear his voice over the years, you just automatically associate it with NFL football. I really appreciate the way that Al Michaels calls games uh, nowadays. It's like the older he gets, the harder it is to get him really emotional during a game. And I like that. Now, if you watch a game that Al Michaels is calling, if if he gets excited, it's a big deal. It didn't happen as much now. And uh, I know Kirk Herbstreet's had a heck of a career. Uh, I'm just not a huge fan certainly not in terms of color analysis. I've usually found it bland and whatever. But that'll be the team on uh, on Amazon Prime NFL Thursday night games. Again, I think that's maybe a day old, but you might not have heard it. I just wanted to pass it along. Now, this you need to hear. You have, um, what, two college teams, college schools here in the state of Mississippi that are Adidas apparel schools. Now, the deals at Mississippi State and Southern Miss might be different. I don't know how those things work, you know, contractual stuff to be an apparel provider at one school or the other. I don't know if, how they work if they're all the same. I don't know. I just know State's been a an Adidas school going all the way back to 2009. And uh, anyway, they are. They're not a Nike school. They're an Adidas school. Okay, so I'm going to pass this along. You take it for what it's worth. Story on on3.com says Adidas took a significant what did I just say? Adidas took a significant step for a major brand in the name image and likeness space announcing a sweeping deal to create a name image and likeness network to enable more than 50,000 athletes at 109 Adidas sponsored schools to become paid brand ambassadors. The announcement was universally celebrated and represents an important moment in the long, complicated relationship between apparel companies and college sports teams. What do you think about this sentence here? Broader implications hinge on the terms of the deal, many of which remain unknown. For that reason, it is premature to say that fellow sports apparel big boys, Nike and Under Armour, are now on the clock to create their own deals, similar deals for athletes at their schools. In other words, like, eh, maybe, maybe not. Let's see what the details are. 
Apparently, Adidas thinks they've got it figured out enough at least to go out there and be first. So Adidas is saying that their company-wide name, image, and likeness program, they say it's going to benefit 50,000 athletes at all 109 Adidas schools. Anyway, they said the program's going to begin in phases. They're going to roll it out with HBCU and Power 5 schools this fall. And athletes at other schools are expected to be able to take part by April of 2023, so in another year. It says that the athletes are going to have the opportunity, anyway, to earn a percentage of sales that they drive at Adidas.com or on the Adidas app. They're also going to be paid per relevant social media posts. Adidas did not disclose how much compensation the athletes may receive. Now, here's the thing about it. (laughs) Do you want your athletes out here doing their best to drive sales to Adidas.com so that they can earn a commission? Or you just want them playing ball? (laughs) Mm, Funny. Hey, you remember the last time Al Al Michaels got really excited? Oh, yes. Yes! (laughs) The miracle. I still got to see that movie. For Bill, I'm Matt. Everybody here on the show, we'll see you tomorrow. See ya!